This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Gabby Barr, and I am joined by Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today? Gabby, I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you. It's been a, been a little bit. We took a little break there, a couple of weeks, I guess. And I've been on the road traveling, seeing the beautiful U.S. of America and settled currently in Pittsburgh for a, for a few days. So looking forward to having this chat. This this young lady has been fun to, to watch and follow. Uh, so I thought having her on here and let us tell her story and her way where we could all get a bit more insight might be really cool. So luckily she has agreed to be a victim. I mean, a, a guest. We'll have some fun with this. So looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I am excited for our guest today as well. She is Gianna Brusella. She is the marketing content manager at Fujitsu General USA. Gianna, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a very exciting ask. And I, yeah, I'm usually interviewing people. So it's cool to be on the other end and talk about myself. <laughs> well, we're certainly, certainly glad to have you on board. Uh, and I do get what you mean, because when I'm on other people's podcasts, it's kind of fun because it's like you get a little bit of a break. You know, you get to, yeah. to not have to think so forward and just get to respond. So, but uh, thank you for taking time with us. It's, uh, as I said, when we kicked it off, I've, I've enjoyed watching your stuff and listening to your stuff, your podcast. And I just wanted to learn, you know, more about what's going on. So what we typically like to do is just start with a, tell us who you are, what you do and how you wound up here kind of intro. So if you would be so kind. Okay. Yeah. So, well, my name is Gianna as has already been said, and I do work in marketing for Fujitsu, I can't even say it half the time, Fujitsu General America. And I started at Fujitsu about a year and a half ago, uh, doing social media and content writing, content marketing. And my background before that has not, was not HVAC related at all. I've been, I've floated around, I think from a bunch of different industries. I started out in media and then magazine, print magazine for like regional print publications, and then a fashion logistics company, and then to an HVAC company. So my experience has been pretty all over the place. And how I ended up here was kind of just one of those things that it just happened. It's interesting because I would say at every job that I've had, I've been tasked with the challenge of it's like totally switching your audience, right? Totally switching who you're marketing to, who the who you're who you're who you're reaching out to on social media, who you're communicating with on a daily basis. So it's interesting because it's like, okay, how do I I can take the marketing experience with me to a degree, but it really changes like everywhere you go. So when I got to Fujitsu, it was interesting because I didn't know what it was like to work with contractors. I didn't know what it was like to work with people in HVAC at all. A bit of it took took some some time to understand like, okay, who am I who am I marketing to? What kind of what do they want to see? What would they respond to? Since then it's been a lot of learning and a lot of conversations that have been really fun. And I mean it's been really fun. I love contractors and talking to them and they're so fun on social media. So it's been a really 
a good learning experience and it's definitely helped me prof- professionally. And partly of why I started the podcast too was because I was like, how am I going to, what's a good way to make contractors feel like they're seen, make them feel like they're heard and just to really elevate them and just elevate this whole part of the trade because we need more skilled tradespeople and to just like make it attractive. And I think that's what everybody's, this is like such a long answer to your question, but this is like. It's so germane though, yeah. because what you're describing and, and I'm, I'm almost 60, I'm 59. You know, when I look at our industry, I'm so, I'm giddy with excitement that we have a young lady coming into the industry who has the, the media qualifications that allows us to connect our somewhat historically not quick to adopt technology mentality of the industry and bringing that to forefront because it's so important, you know, because my peers, they typically don't get digital. They don't get marketing. They don't see the value because people my age grew up thinking about ROI. And how, how do you put ROI on what we're doing right now? It's very difficult. I think it's intrinsic that you do it because this is where we connect with the younger generation. We connect with bringing our HVAC world into current day. And, you know, that's why I was thrilled when I saw that Fujitsu had invested in you, helping them get their message out and to the right crowd. So I'm thrilled by it. I love your explanation of what what you did and how you got here, because all of those things you did prior to coming here may or may not have prepped you fully for how weird the HVAC contractors are. And I can say that because I are one. You know, we're a funky group, man. We're weird. We're cowboys. We're, you know, everybody's got their own vision of what this thing's supposed to look like. And to your point a while ago, you said that contractors are good people. They are great people. We're just weird. We're just a weird lot, but we all take care of each other too. It's like, it's like you can pick on them or or you can pick on your own self, but don't anybody else dare pick on you. It's kind of like that kind of inner circle. So, so glad you're involved. Yeah. So the first time, well, it's funny. One of the ways that we were like, what's a way that we can, because it's not only about just, you know, talking to people on social media. It's like, do they know who we are? Do they even care? Like, how do you get people to care? It's like, okay, well, do you have, who's the face? Who are you guys behind this manufacturer? Like what makes you different than like another one, Mitsubishi or Daikin or, you know, something like that. And part of it is like, well, we, we want to get to know you as people. And so what we did was we had um, a trade show, a trade, a showroom, excuse me, in Times Square and we thought it'd be great to invite some contractors who are actually making a difference in the trade. So we had like Jeff, I don't know if you know, Jeff, I think his handles, Jeff, J Dem, HVAC, Mike Flynn. Flynn so yeah. So them HVAC tactical and a few other ones, we had them come to our showroom in times square and we just hosted them there and just had like a kind of just like hung out. And it was, it was cool because we, it was a place for them to meet other like influencers, other people in the trade who they had only known through social media prior. So it became this this way for us to get to know them, for them to get to know each other. It bridges a gap for sure, because I think there's there can be such like a discrepancy between and lack of communication and just lack of understanding between the contractor and the manufacturer and even like the distributor. So it's important for, for us to get to know each other, for them to see who we are. 
You, you mentioned HVAC Tactical, and we had Ben Poole on with us a, a few weeks ago. You know, why is HVAC Tactical doing what they're doing? And they're all about bettering the profession and, you know, stepping up the excellence game. You know, there's so many folks out there who it's like the silent majority of the HVAC profession. You don't hear a lot about the, I mean, we hear all about the guys we know, Jeff D and Blinstone and those guys that you see on socials. There's a gabillion more who are just out there in their service truck every day, in their van every day, going from call to call or, you know, install to install. They're listening to what you are putting out, to, to what Gary McCready is putting out. You know, all these folks that, that are influential, they, they swing a big hammer because there's not many of them doing it with a national or international flair. You know, there's some local stuff going on. The guys who are, uh, and, and gals who are making a dent have a big audience. And it's so cool that we're, we're getting there. And I just, I applaud you guys for hosting that event. H, the uh, AHR show is coming up in January again, and they're going to do their awards, the social media awards and all that stuff. So are you planning on attending that too, or do you go to that? Yes. Yeah, we'll be there. We are supporting the HVAC Tasco award show. Yeah. So we'll be there too. Are, are you going to be there? Absolutely. This will be like my 33rd or 34th show that I've been to. Yeah. So older than both of y'all, I've been going to the Ashray AHR show. I went for the first time last year and that was great exposure. I think just to see like who these people are, because, you know, I would just walk around, I would go to different booths and it was just, I was like, wow, they're making this so exciting. They really are making this something like I'm intrigued. I'm, you know, if somebody with no HVAC background, I'm like, this is really cool. This is really interesting. The creativity that, people have to like to do like giveaways and like prizes and and all that kind of stuff they they just they did it such a good job and i'm i'm excited to see what they're going to do this year how they're going to top it well it's always fun to see you know the the second and third the sophomore and junior effort to see you know how does that follow up to the inaugural because it's hard that when you set a high bar always difficult to to plateau that again so that'll be fun Looking forward to it. I, I'm really curious, John. What have you? What are your takeaways from the industry coming into it? As you said, with limited exposure, other than being warmed and cooled in your life. I mean, that was about your exposure to HVAC beforehand. What is your takeaway from the industry insofar as what do we need to continue to attract young folks? I'm really curious. I, I'm a huge supporter of women joining the trades. Uh, that's a passion of mine to help support. What do we need to do in your mind to to keep the mission moving forward with the momentum that it's gaining now? Yeah, I think it just needs to, like HVAC needs to be normalized like any trade. It needs to be, like I think of it like this, when you're, I don't know, in kindergarten or first grade and they have like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you have people who want to be doctors and firemen and cops and artists and painters. Like that's probably when the conversation can, can, you know, you could plant that seed about skilled trades. I mean, yeah, granted they're not, kids aren't thinking about what job is going to make me the most money, what job is going to, you know, give me flexibility and good benefits. Like they're not thinking about that for sure. But I think there's something that needs to be done more actively in schools from a young age. 
that shows HVAC and other trades that these are great paths to take, especially because there are kids who are not meant, not like they're not meant for school, but school is just not their thing. They don't like sitting, right. They don't like sitting in a classroom. I didn't hate school. I didn't like school. The only class I liked was English and that was it. And I was horrible at math, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it's how it's always been is get more education, go to college, pick a, pick a major, get your degree. And that's that. And I mean, the school that I went to, there was no, like no talk of like getting into the trades. And for somebody like me, who's, I love working with my hands. I love like, I like being creative. I like thinking on my feet. I'm I'm not really a sitting at my desk kind of person. I mean, I have to be a good bit of the time. But like, and then I think not only of myself, but of, of so many people that I grew up with who didn't have the option to go into into the trades and they, cause they just didn't know about it. Nobody really knew. It wasn't like a first choice because it just wasn't a choice, you know? So I think, I mean, in a lot of conversations I've had about people who are trying to attract the younger generation is is getting into the schools more actively. What part of the country did you grow up in? So I'm in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, North Jersey. North. It's kind of interesting. As I travel around the country, listening to different people talk about where the schools started reducing or eliminating trade classes, shop class. It's interesting to me that New England is even in that category because New England, New Jersey all the way up has been well known for, for craftsmanship, you know? So that was, you know, that's a shock for me. I grew up in the Southeast. It's always been kind of blue collar minded. So, you know, how in the world we got away from having shop classes? I don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point. What's important is bringing them back. And I think we are, I think, you know, we're, we're getting over, the stigma, because there's always been a stigma about, you know, you didn't go to college and, you know, it, it was kind of, you were looked at as a lesser than person. I think we're, we're attacking a lot of that by showing success, you know, from turning wrenches, so to speak. We're getting there, but we've got a 40 year deficit, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, what, five generations of people that went through school had zero exposure, you know, like both of y'all to, to shop. Y'all didn't have it available. So I think we're getting back to, to kind of bringing that back. I, I hear more and more stuff about trades. I hear more and more people talking about, unfortunately, they went to school. They spent a lot of money, whether they have debt or not to go with that. And they can't find work in their, you know, their chosen field. And then you got the reboot thing. So then you got to re-educate, you know, so there's just a lot of opportunity. So um, I, I agree with your philosophy. The younger, the better. You know, I think middle school is a great time to talk about it. A lady that we've had on the program, Jamie McMillan, is a lady up in Canada. She's got a children's book on the trades. Several others are coming out with books so that kids are starting to hear that you know, mommy's a lineman or mommy's a plumber. You know, we've had young lady, y'all's age, a little bit younger than y'all, Paige Knowles. You know, she's a successful plumber, student, artist, and uh, author. So she's what, Gabby, 21 or 22 now, maybe, if, if that. So wow. we're getting there. We're getting there. We're very close in age. Well, tell me what, how, how do y'all think about this? Like, I'm assuming that that's a, and, and if I butcher this, I'm sorry, but Japanese owned company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
that's a big cultural shift, you know, between Japan and, and the States uh, for a lot of different reasons, not as much as it used to be, but like, do you interact with the, the home folks across the pond or are you just U.S. based only? Is that your, how does that work for you? So we do. So for example, like we rebranded last year to our like H series line is now called air stage. So we, and our color was red and now we're teal. That was HQ. And they also, we do have to go through them for some things like social media. If I want to start a TikTok channel, I would have to get that approved. But as far as like the day to day, what I'm doing, we don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk about that. And where are y'all headquartered here in the States? We're in Pinebrook, New Jersey. So I'm I'm interested. I, I think that the the duckless mini, the the VRV VRF stuff is really interesting, just from a technology standpoint. I like it. How do y'all go about marketing? What is your what's your go to market strategy for contractors? Are you what are you what are you highlighting? The versatility. What what's your what's your go to market here? locally or in the States? Like me marketing on social media, just through, you know, like our posting and just regular, regular content. I would say that when we have new products, we definitely highlight those. And we also highlight what is, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say because I want to say we just highlight what's new, but at the same time, it's a, it's also, okay, why, why should, or why would a contractor even care about this? Especially if like, for example, we have like sustainability is a huge thing, right? And who cares about sustainability? Contractors, from what I've heard, from what, who I've spoken to, they have just, they don't really care. They don't care. It's the, it's the homeowner that will, will want something more energy efficient. When we talk about, we talk about rebates, uh, tax incentives. So those are things that we highlight because like this does not only benefit the homeowner, but it benefits the contractor too. Meeting contractors where they are, it's like, how, why would they care about our product? And it's marketing, you know, whatever is new in that way, because there are other manufacturers who are putting out similar equipment. So it's okay. It's like, how do we separate ourselves from them? Now, why you versus them? Right. So that's always yeah. the question. And it really is. It's it's like what as as a contractor, put put yourself in the contractor's shoes. Why would I care about your product? Or if like I'm and I think like when I'm scrolling on social media if, as a contractor, I'm like, oh great, it's like Fujitsu posted another picture of a mini split. I really don't care. Like who cares? Like that's from when I first started. That's kind of what it was. It was like, yeah, just make sure you're posting our equipment and just highlight highlight our stuff. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, this is getting no engagement. Like nobody's. Nobody but that's really more cares. branding, right? Rather than marketing mm -hmm. when you're doing that. Right. So I'm not marketing to, like you said, I'm not marketing to homeowners, really. I'm marketing, I'm marketing to contractors. It, I mean, our like, for like our Instagram following is mostly contractors. If there are homeowners, it's, it's more rare. They're on Facebook and that's, that's more customer service anyway. So. What, one thing that I'm often curious about, and we as contractors, you know, we're always trying to figure out what is our differentiator? You know, like why does somebody, we, we all offer service, we all offer maintenance, all of that stuff is kind of like the, that's just your cost of entry. You got to do this amount of stuff. You know, what's the differentiator? And I'm always curious when, when you have what could become a commodity, how do you 
highlight, I love teal. That's a great choice, whoever decided that, by the way. Contractors are myopic a lot of times because they're interested in getting a repeatable, buildable, I can keep this in stock and serve most of my contractor or most of my customers. You know, they're kind of thinking in a very selfish way uh, to a point. Then they have to go sell that, you know, because most contractors have more than one option. You can get our really cool stuff, be in the Fujitsu, or you can get this other deal that, yeah, we can put it in tomorrow, but it doesn't have the energy efficiency or it doesn't have this feature. So I just think that that's an interesting dynamic that, that contractors, and I'm not in the residential market. I can only talk as a consumer. You know, you got so many different mindsets of the consumer, you know, like, is this a property they're going to live in? Are they doing a flip on the house? Or they, is this for their kid to live in, to go to school? You know, you have all these different things across the board driving these decisions. And when I look at a lot of OEM equipment advertisements, they're a lot of the same because they haven't been able to figure out what makes them special. You know, like they don't, haven't figured out the secret sauce and maybe there is none. Maybe that's the lesson for me is, you know, you kind of got to go with your gut or whatever. I, I guess my question for you is what do you find, and, and I'm talking to loyalty, brand loyalty, what makes people sticky to you? What makes your contractors want to keep selling your equipment? What In, in your mind, obviously, what, what is that, what's that secret sauce of the Fujitsu line that makes them come back for more? Well... I think it's a few things. We have our, an elite contractor program, so they get the benefits of being elite, of which I don't know all of the details, but they do love it. And I speak to elite contractors often, and that's who I've had on my podcast is a, a few of them who are elite. And the fact that they are close to that service, they have a priority when it comes to service. The product isn't what causes people to be loyal. It's more of it is the company. I think another thing too that we've been focusing on is kind of what I touched on before is relationship building. And I think the mere fact that we are publicly showing that we care about contractors and about the work that they do makes them more loyal to us. And I think that can be said for any industry. Like if you think about something, a brand that you always go back to, a lot of times when I find a brand, it's because I like who, for example, maybe somebody's like influencing me to buy it and I like that person. So that's what attracts me to it. And I stay because I like the people behind it or I like the message, you know, and I, and I stand by what they say. So for us, we say we stand by our equipment. We stand by that it's reliable, that it's efficient. And I think there is always something to learn and there always is a a bridge to kind of cross over or to unite us more. And I think for like right now, because this is something like you're asking me this question, it's something that I'm still learning. And I think right now it is, okay, the issues that we're having that I see with contractors and with our equipment and with homeowners, a lot of the time it's an installation issue. Totally, especially with ductless mini split and VRV, VRF systems. The equipment gets a black eye because the people doing the installation did not do it properly. But because like Ben Poole with HVAC Tactical was talking about, 
precision, excellence, you know, all the stuff that makes you different as a contractor or you different as a technician. The company can have that same mantra, you know, striving for excellence. And if you're not doing that, selling your equipment, you're going to have problems. And, you know, you mentioned the, the elite program. I think it's so, so important to recognize those people who are doing it right, who do represent your brand well. That is just like the snowball effect. And by showcasing these folks, you're exposing other contractors to seeing that there's an advantage of your equipment because you give a crap, you know, like a lot of companies just don't give a crap. I mean, I swear it's the most amazing thing. Like for me, I'm, I'm a small guy in the industry. I got, you know, 10,000, whatever people on LinkedIn that I can talk to, but that's 10,000. That's not 10 million people like Ms. Kardashian could. It's still 10,000 people that I could say, you know what, don't buy Acme heaters because they suck at customer service and they'll stiff you. Proactively bringing these folks on and showcasing their talent and you're showcasing their desire to do well, I think that just transcends the brand of that's the kind of people you want to engage with. And, you know, it goes into that whole branding. Like, I want to be associated with that. Like you said a while ago, John, you're following a brand for whatever reason. You, you, you liked it. You tried it one time and got hooked, whatever. But you continue to do it based on the public uh, appearance of how they act as well. It's just, I think that's just marvelous that y'all are doing that. Yeah, and I think it's also like the longer that I am in this position, the more room for growth I think there is when it comes to communicating better and what kind of services or support we're offering. So I think one thing that I really that I even want to that I want to start doing more is is kind of just showing the growth of contractors since when they first started because their mistakes are done all the time and people post install mistakes all the time and they send them to us and, you know I would love to post your content I would love to post this and get you to be seen but not every post is is going to go up because if an install is done wrong like I just can't post that so how do we also build people up while teaching them something new. So that's where I kind of want to bring our elite contractors in and show how they've grown since they first started, show that there is always room for growth, that there is always learning opportunity, that you always can get better because there are people out there who will probably continue doing the same thing wrong. And if they have people to look up to who have changed and maybe, maybe amass some sort of following or have just something like intelligent and, and wise to say, because I've met a lot of people who, who do have those things, who, who are intelligent and wise, who don't have like, you know, 30,000 followers. I think that would really bridge this gap between, be, with contractors who say, don't feel loyal to us or, or don't, you know, who don't care because they have maybe bad installation experiences. And it always, until people start taking ownership for for, you know, learning and for mastering the craft, then it's going to, we're going to keep running into the same issue. By you saying that you're still learning the message, you're still learning how to articulate the message. That shows me that y'all are a smart company, A, because corporate arrogance kills a lot of good companies. You know, they get to this point to where 
like, yeah, 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 we know, we've got it, whatever. And they quit listening to the voice of the customer. They quit listening to their partners. And you wind up, you know, where a lot of OEMs have been in the past. You know, like there, there was a company when, when I owned my company that I just hated dealing with because they were always so sure that it was my problem and not their problem. Like we were really diligent of how we trained, how we understood product. We understand the science really well of HVAC. I just always felt like if I went to an OEM with an issue, I was sure that we had worked out the kinks on our end, you know, like I wasn't bringing them a, a screw up on my part, trying to get paid for it. If it was on us, I owned it to this day. I'm like that, but the corporate arrogance of some companies just kills me. Like yeah. they, and, and this is true um, for a lot of industries. They're really good at their piece of the pie, but mm -hmm. they don't understand the whole pie. If you're, a, if you're a cherry pie, cherries are a component they're not the pie and a lot of oems forget that in that their component is it's one piece of a systemic process i don't know i i just appreciate the fact that you're figuring that out on the fly by talking to people by interviewing by doing all the stuff you do every day and by listening you know i think that that just says a lot about the company when people like you, you talked about it in in your opening that you know we're always looking for new people to join the trade what do you guys offer how do you assist the contractor with training what your elite partners have access to more training and uh, tell me how that how how you guys are engaging with the community from a you know the human side of it yeah so our we do host trainings at our facility in at our headquarters we have a training room our distributors host trainings and what I've been trying to do more now is we have online training too. So there's really, it's almost like there's no excuse. And I think everybody needs to be trained. Everybody needs to be trained frequently, especially if there's new equipment coming out, things are always changing. So the training needs to happen whether you want to do it or not. And I think communicating that in a way that people are receptive to and having people who agree with that message, who have a high share of voice, who have authority, like partnering with them, that would help. When I post, say, like if I make a post about how we have training classes available, we have online training. And then when say an influencer, maybe Ben from HVAC Tactical, maybe he'll like repost that to his account and say like, yeah, get training. This is a, like, this is great. And then the amount of DMs that I'll get for people are like, oh, how, how can I get training? How can I get training? So then from that, I've, I've, I'll send them messages, I'll send them the information and, and that's that. So I think just continuing that like training is necessary, training is needed um, and, and doing it in a way that's like, this is good for you. This isn't, it's not about like, it's not good for, I mean, it is good for us because this is what we do, but it's good for you as the contractor. And it's good for eliminating that problem. Like there's, there are tiny systems that we have to, that we have to work by, live by to get to an end result, to get to a goal. So this is like part one of those systems, the training that will eventually lessen the issue of, you know, when we have unhappy homeowners with, insulation problems so that that's what you want to do that's your ultimate thrill is when the co homeowner tells their neighbor this fujitsu system is awesome 
we put it in last week. We love it. That's that's the ultimate marketing. Everything we do is up to driving that message. You know, I think about airline pilots, heart surgeons, brain surgeons, you name it. They all continue to train yearly, weekly, whatever, on the latest and greatest. And our industry has had this notion that once you learn it, you're good. The world is changing. You can't sit on your ass and think that what you learned 10 years ago is, is good enough anymore because it's not. You know, you have to stay proficient. Yeah, and there's always new tools to to do another, like to do something. There's always something new. And I think that, that also goes along the lines of what social media has done in this trade and why... I, I mean, because we've had I've had a lot of conversations with contractors and distributors who don't really have a social media presence. They haven't really invested time in and which is understandable because sometimes doing social media is like having another job, especially for contractors who are posting, you know, constantly every single day. But that being said, it has become such a huge thing in the world, like overall and in every industry. So, yeah. So to take the time and learn something or maybe get somebody who can post for you, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. However you go about it, whatever strategy you have to evolve alongside with the world. And that's, there's really no other choice because then you're going to, you're going to sink. And I think like, for example, contractors who aren't, who don't have an online presence and it's like, okay, as a homeowner, like the gen, right. The, the, People who are buying homes at a young age, right, a younger age, they are on social media. That's just it. It's a social media generation. They're going to look for a contractor on social media. It's just the way that it is. And that's only going to, that's not going to go away. If anything, it'll just be, it'll increase. Like when I go to look, when I go to eat at a restaurant, I always look up the restaurant on social media. I want to see the place. I want to see the food. I want to know where I'm going. And it's this. It's the same thing. Like a, a homeowner or a business that's installing like commercial equipment. I'm sure at some point they will be going to the, the social media page of the company that they're hiring to to do the work to see to see what kind of work that they do and if it's up to par. But we're all consumers, you know. I mean, we we buy a ton of stuff every day, whether it's online, in person, whatever. To your point, you know, that's just what you do. I, I, I look at a menu before I go to a restaurant and kind of whittle it down to two or three things because I hate menus. I hate going to a restaurant and like, I'm all right, you got to decide, you got to decide, you got to decide. I, I need a little bit of time to work through the uh, the chicken or the fish. You know, that's just me. But this, uh, I want to start kind of putting a, a bow on this thing. Tell us what how we can get more info on Fujitsu. What should we look for from you? How do we stay engaged? I think the best way right now is through Instagram. Um, we post everything on there. We post what's new, links to new videos, links to training, product news. Everything is really, you could find on our Instagram page. And it is Fujitsu, Fujitsu General USA. Well, we will certainly give that a follow and look forward to all the stuff you're posting. You know, I, I think of this podcast as kind of a, it's like a, a technical Dr. Phil show. Like I like to figure out the people, but I also want to make sure that we're getting your message out because you're taking time to join us. And we want to make sure that if we can be a benefit, we want to make sure you get whatever eyeballs we can throw your way. But really do, John, I appreciate you taking time and talking to us and learning more about the company. It's been interesting. I, it sounds 
to me, like you guys have such a good mindset of what you're doing and why you're doing it, uh, which is for contractors and contractors serving the end user, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, if, if the people that ultimately live with your product don't like it, then you got a problem. It sounds like y'all are addressing all needs. So Gabby, you've been awfully quiet this morning up there. You're in my top right corner. So I'm just, uh, you got any thoughts on this? Cause you, uh, you know that I love to see young ladies coming into the business and you know, I love customer service and you know, I love air conditioning. So Gianna kind of summarized everything she said perfectly. You know, I work with a lot of B2B brands, whether it's, you know, skilled trades, whether it's healthcare, whether it's architecture and design, things like that. Definitely, I completely agree with what you were saying, Gianna, when it comes to, you know, knowing your customer, knowing who it is that you're talking to, who it is that you're marketing to, and also knowing again, like what they care about, because every everybody's going to care about something different when it comes to a product or it comes to the market. You know, if you're, you're not going to talk to somebody in healthcare about, you know, about a building design, because at the end of the day, like they don't really care about the building design. They just need to know, Hey, is this hospital that you're building going to service my needs as a healthcare professional? You know, like, does it have the proper space for my equipment? Does it have a large enough room space for when I am operating? Can everybody that needs to be in that room and the patient and all the equipment, everything can that fit? That's kind of, that's like what they care about. So it's like, if you're marketing, you're, you're building your architecture business and you're like, oh, I want to design these hospitals. Like that's the kind of stuff that you should be talking about as opposed to like, oh, well, you know, like these were, you know, columns that were very popular designed in the Roman Empire, in the Greek Empire, anything like that. Like, they're going to be like, okay, cool. What does that have to do with me? So again, I very much agree with um, everything you had to say. And I definitely think as far as, you know, expanding the skilled trades, I am not personally in the skilled trades myself, but I feel like after, I mean, I think, Greg, it's been like a year that I've been on this podcast with you now. And I, every single time we do this, which is pretty much weekly, except for when Greg decides to go take cool vacations without, <laughs> without anyone else. I, I have learned so much about not just the skilled trades, but also about, you know, like what's important within the skilled trade, what's, what's important to them, what's important to, you know, expanding the skilled trades, getting that message out, getting people more involved. Um, and so I really liked what you had to say about, you know, adding more of the skilled trades into the classroom too, because I think really without the education side of things, it's really hard to enter the adult world and then learn about the skilled trades, because at that point, you're kind of already you've already picked some form of path. And although, you know, you can always switch your path, you can always uh, get another degree, you can always, you know, there's always opportunity for change, but it just does become a lot harder the older you get because, you know, you end up with a family that you have to take care of. So you can't just quit a job and go back to school, things like that. 
Well, I think, you know, to a point, it goes back to listening. And you have to be listening all the time of how to tweak your message and how to tweak who you're messaging. And uh, what's really cool is that both of you are young, both of you are ladies, and, and we're getting there. So thank you all both for your parts and what you're doing. It's awesome. So I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gianna. We look forward to, to following you and learning more and appreciate what y'all are doing for the industry. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Gianna, as Greg was saying, thanks so much for joining us. Um, it was great hearing about your story and kind of how you got to where you are now and how you took your experience in several different industries and have kind of applied it to the skilled trades and talking to contractors and things like that. That's super cool. We always love to hear stories like that. And as for everyone else, thank you for joining us for another episode of Straight Outta Crumpton. For more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe through Apple or Spotify podcasts. And don't forget to check out gregcrumpton.com for all of your Greg Crumpton content. This, this, this is Straight Straight. Straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton.